This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined remotely via Zoom meeting by my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the world's only brand identity theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. It's great to be here. So Philadelphia uh, is opening up slowly. You have to tell me, I saw this posted on your social media, and we're going to get into social media uh, in this uh, interview today and discussion today, but you were excited because you had a milestone event post-COVID. Yes, I did. (laughs) Tell our listeners what happened because this was like a major event on your social media. It was major, and I got the most likes I've gotten in a really long time, and I got my first haircut. Oh, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, was it exciting? It was great. Philadelphia is one of the last ones to open up, and so we are the last ones to have long hair, and then we all have short hair again. Yay. It's awesome. Very exciting. So the the new world, we're emerging slowly, and us as marketers, Barbara, are trying to figure out what are these new rules? How are we adapting? How are we going to be able to be successful coming out of this. So this will be very exciting. Uh, What do we got on the show lined up today, Barbara? So today we got a great new first guest. We're going to have as our guest on this show on Zoom. He's on Zoom. We're on Zoom. Everybody's on Zoom. Evan Horowitz. He's the CEO of Movers and Shakers, which is a video marketing agency that translates brands into culture through music and movement. And it's related to the growing trend in TikTok, but let's have him explain it all to us. I don't want to try to make the connection. Evan, hello. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks so much. My pleasure. Excited to be with you. So you want to explain to Americas and me exactly what Movers and Shakers is and how it connects to TikTok? Sure. Yeah. So Movers and Shakers is a niche creative agency. Our mission is to spread joy. So everything we do, we're trying to put a big smile on consumers' faces, create a really positive emotional energy, and connect that positive emotion back to the brand to drive more brand love. Uh, One of our unique capabilities is interpreting brands through original music, dance, and movement, uh, and help them connect to culture that way. Uh, That's something that we've been doing for many years. And uh, TikTok as a platform, of course, is relatively new, but this here comes a platform that is all about music and dancing and movers and shakers just very much quickly understood how to tell brand stories in that platform, even when marketing on TikTok was very new. So last fall, we set the record for most viral campaign in TikTok history, Ooh. a record that we still hold. Yeah. And since then, uh, so many brands have been asking for our help, uh, understanding and winning on TikTok. So we recently passed 30 billion views on TikTok across all of our campaigns. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you. So let me, let's start before we get, I mean, there's so much to unpack here. Let's first start with, um, so you said you've been doing music and movement before TikTok even started. So you've been, so why? Why did you get into music and movement? Yeah. Uh, Well, it's a fun niche. So that was really the founding insight behind Movers and Shakers. And I started it with uh, my partner, who's a Broadway performer and director. And uh, what happened, so he and I actually are married in real life. And 
I was just watching him advance his career, super talented. When we met, he was in Mary Poppins on Broadway. And when he switched his focus to more of the behind the scenes work in theater, he was putting out videos of uh, dance routines, musical numbers on film, just to build his own portfolio and, and his own PR as an artist. Every time he'd post one of these dance videos online, it would go mini viral and people are just commenting like, oh my God, this made my day. Thank you for sharing this really fun and upbeat video. And I'm watching this, I've always been a marketer. I've been in-house at Samsung and Macy's, have uh, a Harvard MBA. And so I look at everything from a marketer's lens. I thought, wow, like people are really engaged by this musical storytelling. Let's make this into marketing. And he was like, okay. So we teamed up and started Movers and Shakers with this insight that when you tell a story through music, especially original music, you just have this amazing opportunity to spread joy and connect emotionally with consumers. And so that's what we've been doing on social. Wow, that is so cool because really that does pre, you know, that predates TikTok, but it's yes. so, and I mean, sometimes you think it's not a coincidence, you know, all of this brilliance was coming together at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And we love working on all social platforms. So for instance, one of my favorite pieces we did is a mini musical film for match.com. We wrote a boy meets girl love story. If you, if you remember summer love from Greece, but we kind of reinterpreted that in like a la la land style sensibility, oh, so funny. three minute mini film that we ran as a YouTube skip after five second ad. And even though you could skip the average watch time was over two minutes because people just got drawn into this story. It's so engaging. And so we love just, you know, creating original music to express a brand's personality and make that emotional connection with consumers. Let me just jump in real quick, uh, Barbara, because I, I love this point that's being made here. And I want to build on it because I think Evan's touching on something that's really critical, which is kind of going back in, in history a little bit and the, the pivot that marketers had to make because consumers took over, right, Evan? And it's like we had the power as consumers to basically tune out the messages, uh, certainly to the extent that we perceive them as transactions or attempts to sell us stuff. So you could see many years back a kind of transformation of uh, marketing becoming or trying to take a, a more entertainment perspective, like rather than sit there and try to sell you something, actually, I love this point that you're making, Evan, bring you happiness, draw you in kind of in a different way entertain you and by the way you might learn something about some interesting products or services etc and so it's a very different way to think about trying to connect with consumers because you know that they do as soon as they as soon as they code you as oh this is a commercial to sell me something they're tuning you out right yeah you know, what's so interesting and before you answer and i just want to echo what america's is saying because to me it was so it's not rocket science to think hey let's make advertising exciting and fun instead of boring something that people want to turn off like it's hard for me to believe that advertising was ever thought it was a good idea not to be fun. But Evan, go ahead, tell us what you think. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I, 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 the word entertainment is a word we use a lot and absolutely agree that consumers, especially the younger consumers, millennials and Gen Z, as soon as something smells like an ad, they're out, you know? And they don't wanna be advertised to, but they love to engage with brands that they love when it's engaging, when it's entertaining, when, when you're telling them a story. And yeah, they get that it's that you know they're being marketed to, but they don't have a problem with that. So what, at Movers and Shakers, what we're always trying to think about how to do is how do we create really engaging entertainment that carries the brand message, but first and foremost is just really fun to watch. So, so okay, so let's switch gears just for a second and then tie the two gears together, the two threads together. So you were doing this because you were had the good fortune to have a very creative partner and you saw how exciting that was and you put all of this together. Meantime, TikTok's starting. 
So tell us a little bit about, and you're talking about TikTok in America. We were talking before we got together. TikTok originally started actually in China, and the TikTok in China is very different than the one that's come here. But your connection is with the TikTok in the U.S., correct? That's right. We started in the U.S., and now we work on global campaigns, but not in China. It's sort of a different thing. And the app in China is Douyin, actually, uh, which is a different world and ecosystem than the rest of the world. And one of the things before you tell us about U.S. TikTok, one of the things that is really different in China is it's directly connected to purchasing. So there's a lot more direct transaction behavior besides just brand building. But in the U.S., that direct to purchase isn't quite as developed. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Yeah. And that's something that TikTok is actively building out. And every month there's new features, whether they're in beta or full rollout, that support more of that direct to purchase because it's something that advertisers are very much asking for. Uh, and, and so it's moving quickly, but it, the ecosystem is not nearly so developed as Douyin is in China. Yeah. So like what characterized, I mean, some of us know TikTok and certainly if you're like 15, you know, TikTok, yeah. but if you're a little older than that, what, how do you characterize TikTok as a unique platform compared to some of the other social media? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and it is very unique, I think. And most people would say, well, how does it relate to Instagram? But I would say it's more related to YouTube, actually. Uh, but it is very different from YouTube. You know, it, it's related to YouTube in the sense that you go on TikTok to watch strangers more than you go to watch your friends. So Instagram, you're mostly following people that you know, friends, family, as well as, of course, some celebrities or public figures. But uh, like YouTube has a recommendation algorithm that just guesses what it thinks you'll be into, that's really the, the lifeblood of TikTok. It, when you land on the For You page, which is the home page of TikTok, it has even a much better, even in my opinion, recommendation algorithm than YouTube that really gets to know you. And it just constantly serves up content that it thinks you're going to love based on what you've liked in the past, throwing little curveballs in there to keep, keep you entertained. And it is extremely entertaining. So it's all very short form, mostly 10 to 15 second videos that the content topics really span the gamut. And any person's TikTok feed is going to look quite different, again, depending on what you're interested in, because the algorithm will get to know you. So one person's going to see tons of cat videos and cooking videos, and the next person's going to see tons of baseball videos and car videos, You know, just depending on what you're into. So uh, while it started as a platform that was really much about music and lip syncing and dancing, which is still a very big part of the culture, that's way bigger than that now. It's pretty much every sort of genre and interest has kind of come onto the platform. So that is what one of the things when I talk to the people on TikTok in China, one of the things they talk about is what they started with, which is what you're alluding to, which is it was kind of like karaoke. Um, but it was a very short 10 to 15 second music video where people were singing along with some catchy tune. And frequently there was a specific dance routine that was associated. So there were these rubrics and then all different people would copy the same kind of thing. And those would go viral. If you could get something that everybody copied going out, that was kind of the, and when I talked to the TikTok people in China, that was their they thought the standardization of that rubric, setting up something around karaoke and with specific dance moves and things like that, it was their intuition that doing that, that everybody could participate in, would help it go viral. Well, and I that was kind of what started it. Yeah, no, that's a key insight. And a, a that's one of the major differentiators from any other social platform that's ever existed, or at least been successful, is uh, TikTok is very much about trends, participatory trends, where you see someone do something and you copy that and you make your own version of it. 
So the best example for people who aren't familiar with TikTok is if you remember the ice bucket challenge that happened a few years ago where everybody dumps a bucket of ice on their head, or there was like the Harlem Shake challenge where everyone does the Harlem Shake dance. It's kind of like that, but trends on TikTok cross all different types of categories. So yeah, you can join a dance that everybody's doing. You can sing a song they was doing, but you can cook something with a certain format that I was doing. Like there was a whole trend around bartending where you show how to make your favorite drink, right? Or you can do um, you can do a makeup look that you know, but with a certain pacing that everybody's copying that same pacing with a reveal at the end that's timed to a beat drop in the music, right? So uh, what TikTok has innovated very successfully, and it makes it so different, is everyone can join in, and you'll have tens, hundreds, thousands, or millions of people joining the same trend. And that's super exciting from a marketer's perspective because for the first time ever you as a marketer have an opportunity to actually start something that goes viral, not just in the sense that your video got a lot of views, but in the sense that hundreds of thousands or millions of videos are created by the general public to advertise your brand. That's never been possible before on any other platform. It's because of that innovation that you mentioned, Barbara. We're talking to Evan Horowitz. He's the CEO of Movers and Shakers, and that's a video marketing agency translating brands into culture through music and movement. And he's talking about how he helps brands. And maybe I'm not sure you're talking about this yet. So far, we've just been talking about TikTok. Um, and you started to get into what the TikTok platform is and what differentiates it, but also why brands like it. But okay. Sorry, let, let me jump in, Barbara, because I want to, because I think I know where you're going, Barbara. And I want you to help us with this, Evan, because I think as marketers, we often don't know, we, we, we want to jump into these platforms. And sometimes we don't know if we should or how we should. Can you give us, are, are there certain brands that you would say, Evan, don't go on TikTok because this is not for you. Uh, and for the brands that you do suggest that go on there, what are the rules? Like, how do I make sure that I create something that's going to work? Can you give us like, would you ever advise a brand not to be on TikTok and why? I guess that's question one. And the second question for those brands who it works very well for, how do you give them the template about how to do it in the right way so that it maximizes the, the success of, of that, of creating that connection and that emotionality, that entertainment that's really going to resonate and help drive more sales to the brand? Right. Great questions. I mean, for the first question, who is right for TikTok? You know, I would really start with who's the audience that you're trying to market to. Uh, TikTok started as a Gen Z platform last year. So by the end of 2019, pretty much all of Gen Z was very active on TikTok. So at that time, if you were a brand focused on Gen Z, you absolutely wanted to be getting on TikTok because that's where your customers' eyeballs are. And outside of that, it was less interesting. Now what we've seen in 2020 is TikTok's growth has just been so explosive and it's aging up faster than any platform in history. I mean, pretty much every social platform starts with the young people and then ages up. But because of quarantine, that aging up has just happened so explosively on TikTok, where right now pretty much all millennials are engaged in TikTok in some way. Uh, over half or so of the platform is over 25 right now. And this 25 to 45 is the fastest growing segment on TikTok. So now it's really, if you're a brand focused on Gen Z or a millennial customer, it's very interesting to you. If your customer is older, I would say you might hold off for a little bit, but, um, but uh, it's going to continue to age up. And we're already seeing a lot of the salt and pepper and gray hair being oh, on TikTok really? <laughs> as well. Yes, yes. That's cool. Okay, so if you talked about who the audience is, but now you're an agency that helps people produce content 
for TikTok, right? So a lot of this happens organically, but right. you're, you're kind of mm, cheating. I don't know how you want to talk about it. How, how does your agency work with brands to create this content? Sure. Well, there's four main ways that you can enter TikTok as a brand. Uh, the first one is to have your own channel, right? So just like on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, you can have a brand channel. And that's one of the things that we do is we'll build these always on presences for the brand where you're constantly creating your new videos to, to talk about the brand, the products, the lifestyle, et cetera. The second way to enter TikTok is to, through an influencer campaign. So hiring TikTok creators to market your products, very similar to what you might do on other platforms. The third way is traditional ads. So TikTok sells these uh, ad products. It's very similar to an Instagram story ad or a Snap ad that just appears in between organic content. So we do creative for those. And then the fourth way, which is very revolutionary, which we we're talking about earlier, is these sort of big viral challenges. So as a brand, you can not just join the challenges that are happening, but you can actually create your own. And this is how you can actually get billions of views, billion with a B, cool. which is insane. Yeah. And hundreds of thousands or millions of users creating content to actually join the challenge. So those are the kind of the four different ways that brands are engaging. So tell us about some cool examples of the last one. That one sounds too cool. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. So, you know, the most famous on, in TikTok is, is one of our early campaigns on the platform. It's Elf Cosmetics Eyes, Lips, Face Challenge. And what we did is we wrote an original song called Eyes, Lips, Face to tell the world that ELF, E-L-F, Cosmetics, stands for Eyes, Lips, Face. And this song just took off like wildfire on the platform with everybody showing, it just invited users to show me your eyes, show me your lips, show me your face. We had 4.5 million user-generated videos on this campaign, including unsolicited celebrity participation from Reese Witherspoon, Ellen DeGeneres, Jessica Alba, Terry Crews, oh, wow. et cetera. Um, yeah. And, yes, and the song that we wrote actually hit number four on Spotify's global viral chart. It was in the top 50 from Australia to Belgium. Uh, and the, 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 just the virality of it was insane. And I think that put TikTok on the map for a lot of marketers. This was back in October. And since then, we've just continually tried to outdo ourselves and uh, sparking other types of viral trends. I'm thinking, how can you outdo that? That sounds like you peaked too early. It, it, like it does, real... it, it's tricky, yeah. <laughs> I'm Barbara Kahn, along with America's Reed, and this is Marketing Matters. And today we're talking to Evan Horowitz, the CEO of Movers and Shakers. And he is famous now for this new video or this little short video that he made for Elf Brand Cosmetics, E-L-F, eyes, lips, face. Let's hear it. Do that thing with your eyes. Money, look. Let me see them lips. Attitude and give me face. Eyes, lips, face, wait. Well, you got that drip. It ain't no debate. Yeah. <laughs> this is super interesting, Evan, because I, I want to you know, push further on this because I, I love the idea. And I want you to speak on the challenges that Barbara and I as marketers uh, often see where there's a disconnect between the reaction to the message and necessarily making sure that that reaction to the entertainment is helpful for the brand. So it's possible for, for me to see an ad that I really like and I find it entertaining and really interesting to watch but I don't necessarily walk away from it connected to the brand per se. And I'm thinking about some specific types of commercials. So how do you, first of all, tell us about some of the backend metrics that you looked at for Elf as a function of having had this massive uh, success in terms of the viral effects. 
what did they see in terms of sales and then help us understand how to make sure that the entertainment piece actually relates to a specific, I guess what you would call a bump up in the actual sales of the brand. I, I guess that's the ultimate goal, right? Well, it's certainly the ultimate goal for the brand, but not the ultimate goal for this type of campaign. So these big viral challenges, you know, I want to be clear, this is a top of funnel campaign. This is about brand awareness, brand affinity and equity. That's not designed to directly drive shopping cart conversions, right? There's different tools on TikTok that can do that and they can work in concert. But, you know, we always get that question. Okay, you got, you know, six billion views. How many, how many sales did you drive? In the time of the challenge, Elf sales went up a lot. The market share, they're killing it. That's a combination of many effects, right? We can't say it's because of this directly, but certainly I think it's a big contributing factor, but it, from a top of funnel perspective. So we're really looking at in terms of metrics, engagement metrics, number of views, number of people who are participating. Uh, and then what's the virality outside of the platform? I mean, the fact that the original song that we wrote was being played in stadiums across the country to hype up the crowd before you know a basketball game, that's pretty epic, again, but from a top of funnel perspective. Let, let me jump in here and build on this, this point that you're making, Evan, because I think it's an important point that we miss as marketers. And you brought up this, the, the critical nature of understanding, like, what is your goal? Sometimes the goal is simply, it, it's a brand building exercise. It's, a, it's an equity building exercise. It's an awareness exercise. And what I'm hearing, if I'm hearing it correctly, Evan, is that the TikTok kind of entertainment protocol is really built around that. And what you really want to be able to do is you want to kind of create a multi-pronged strategy where you're working with various tools across in concert, like you said, uh, across what you're trying to do to try to not only just build all this awareness, but also at some point convert the awareness from an ROI perspective into something that is useful for the brand uh, that actually will put some dollars into the brand's pocket. So can you talk about how to make sure that that connection between top of funnel and bottom of funnel is is enhanced and where where do you see where marketers make the mis make mistakes in terms of making that connection from doing something super successful in the top of the funnel analysis for TikTok and then and then making an error somehow to not be able to actually create that conversion where do you see the slip ups the mistakes that we as marketers make can you identify those and help us understand how not to make those mistakes yeah well i think it's Keeping first of all, just knowing what the point of this particular challenge is, right? So, or this particular campaign, you know, we'll have clients who they want to do something massively viral and they want to drive shopping cart conversions, and we just try to be upfront that like that's not possible. It's not a good idea. It's going to drive you awry. If you want this virality, you need to have a very simple message that people are going to get excited about, that they're going to go and make their video about. But that's a different ask to have someone go make a video versus I want you to put my item in the cart, right? So first is just to be clear about what you're trying to do and not trying to do with this given campaign and not try to bite off more than is realistic with the mechanisms, right? So what we love to do is pair these things together. So you have a big top of funnel campaign like a viral TikTok challenge, but then you're also running a traditional TikTok ad at the same time that that brings that product back with a click-through option to add to cart, right? So we're doing that with another campaign where we're advertising the product and then uh, from a top of funnel perspective with this virality and then a fast follow with a more direct uh, product focused message that allows you to add that to your shopping cart. So I think it, it's separating them out and having them work in tandem. 
And so all of this that you're doing top and then lower down in the funnel and stuff is all within the TikTok platform? It can be. I mean, as an agency, we certainly work across uh, social. That's what I was and, asking. So what yeah. goal, that's where I was going. So it sounds like what you were describing was kind of within TikTok, but yeah. what's your notion in terms of, you know, across different media and what goes well with this and um, particularly for the audiences that you're, that you're targeting because maybe they do spend 24 seven on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spend more time on there than I care to admit, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but consumers in general, uh, as I'm sure all, all the listeners know and, and do, we cross over between different social channels. You know, I think one of the most natural alignments with TikTok is Instagram. Uh, it's become very trendy for anybody who spends time on Instagram. You see TikToks on Instagram stories a lot, right? So that's like an opportunity that we always try to take advantage of for our brands to be promoting whatever they're doing on TikTok onto Instagram and filling up. Because I think there's that cool factor on Instagram of like, of, you know, of TikToks. Interestingly, you don't promote in the other direction. It's not cool at all to show your Instagrams on TikTok. It just makes you look awkward and old. Uh, so it's a one-way thing. Um, but, uh, but we do think about how they're synergistic like that, absolutely. Well, now that you brought up Instagram, I got to ask you, because Instagram, of course, is owned by Facebook. So uh, what do you think about the protest against Facebook ad advertising? Do you have a position on that? Well, we certainly see it directing a lot more ad dollars to TikTok. So that, that's kind of fun for, <laughs> for us as an agency who happens to specialize quite a bit in, uh, in TikTok activations. But let, let, sorry, sorry, let me ask you this, Evan. So Sorry to interrupt, Barbara, because I, I want to know, help us understand, we only have a, a couple minutes left, but I, I want to understand how, do you, how, how will you continue to innovate on this? Because as more and more brands jump into TikTok, and do it successfully, I would imagine that it becomes less of a, of a differentiating factor, right? So at some, at some point, it's like lots of brands will be in there doing their thing, and it'll be hard to kind of incrementally create more excitement and buzz because it's just, you're just, you know, once you, the, the, you know, once, once, once there was one Hamilton, it's like the next one is just not going to be as, as interesting, right? So how do you, how do you and your, and your colleagues kind of go through that thought process of trying to make sure that you stay at the cutting edge and how long will this last? Do you see a saturation point at some point? And like, what are your thoughts on that as, as the tool uh, moving forward? Yeah, well, we're very much thinking about what's the window of opportunity here. And TikTok is still uh, at its early stages and it's possible for brands to get in in this uh, moment where there's just this window because the user base is very involved. They're so engaged right now and, and growing just exponentially every day, but the amount of brands is still disproportionately small. So those of us, you, you know, remember when Facebook was new, when Instagram was new, and it was possible for brands to get in there and get a big toehold, much, much disproportionate because you were an early adopter. And, and we're still in that window now. For Gen Z focused brands, it's closing pretty fast. You know, millennial brands now are starting to get the memo and get onto the platform. We're launching a lot of brand channels for millennial brands, which is very exciting because that's more white space. But but that's going to close. And you know, my expectation is by 2021, it's not going to be not going to be do you have a TikTok presence, but just how good is your TikTok presence, yeah. right? It's going to become mainstream. The, the trajectory is super clear, and that's why we're brands to get in early while it's not pay for play yet it's still very easy to build an organic following and even on the advertising side the rates are very competitive so uh, it's a very exciting moment for brands that are willing to be an early adopter and get in 
Well, let me let me take it just a orthogonal, a little bit back to the Facebook question, but maybe take it in a different direction. So one of the things we are noticing, and you're talking about what, the way you introduced it is have fun entertainment. Um, but we are noticing brands being more responsible, more social responsibility. You know, we're in this new event of uh, Black Lives Matter and taking a stand. And how do you, does your agency deal with any of those issues or what's your position on that? Or you stay away from it and you just stay in entertainment? Uh, yeah, we do. And, you know, one thing that we're, we're always advising our clients is to be tailoring your messages to the tone of the platform. So, you know, if you look at a spectrum, you have Twitter on one side where it's very political and very much about, you know, what issues do you support? You know, on that platform, you want to be showing very clearly more of your values and that side of your brand. TikTok is really on the opposite end of the spectrum where there is a little bit of that more sort of heavy, serious discussion, but the vast majority of the content is lighthearted. And that's where consumers go to get that levity in their life. So for your, a brand, we're, you know, what do we recommend with our clients is bring that levity perspective onto TikTok and keep the more serious messages for the platforms that where consumers want that more serious dialogue. That totally makes sense. Evan, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with your work? Yeah, so you can find Movers and Shakers on our website, moversshakers.co. That's two S's in the middle, moversshakers.co. And if you're interested in reaching out, you can reach our TikTok team at tiktok at moversshakers.co. Oh, that's terrific. We're going to take a short break, but stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Marketing Matters, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 